Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Derry Show is on the air. Got rice cooking in the microwave. Got a three-day beard. I don't plan to shave. And it's a goofy thing, but I just got to say, I'm doing all right. Well, I think I'll make me some homemade soup. I'm feeling pretty good, and that's the truth. Neither drink nor drug induced No, I'm just doing alright It's a great day to be alive I know the sun's still shining when I close my eyes It's a hard times in the neighborhood But why can't every day be just as good? Ah, yes, it's Monday The day before Super Tuesday the big election day so far, March 1st. A lot of delegates at play, in play. And then just a few days later, we'll have another one. And by March 15th, we'll know a lot more about what's going to happen with the primary race. I think Hillary wins on the Democrat side, and there's, there's no point belaboring that point. It's become more and more clear that Sanders has no real options. Bill Clinton in uh, Houston campaigning for Hillary, who is expected to win big in Texas. Not surprising. She actually beat um, Barack Obama in 2008 in Texas. She just lost what they call the Texas two-step, which is the caucus portion uh, later that night. But she won with the voting on Election Day and early voting. We've got a uh, Chicago weekend crime update for you and lots more. But first... Melitha Harith Perry is no longer with MSNBC, a woman who has gone on TV every night for years and claimed racism. Wherever she could find it, everything is racist. And now the very network that put her on to do that, they've been racist. How is she ever going to pay the $70,000 in delinquent taxes she owes the IRS now? So sad that the weekend comedic relief from MSNBC is now gone. Last week, Maletha Harris Perry announced that she would not do her show on Saturday because she felt worthless to the network because they opted to preempt her show on several occasions over the last month, instead going with primary coverage. In an email, she wrote, quote, I will not be used as a tool for their purposes. I am not a token. Mammy. Or little brown bobblehead. She's not. Ramon, she's not. She's not going to do it. She's not going to be a token. Or a mammy. Or a little brown bobblehead. Well, you said it. I, I mean, it's maybe maybe that's how she felt. That she was just a token mammy. Little brown bobblehead. A mammy, no less. 
She said, I am not owned by NBC executives or MSNBC. I love our show. I want it back. Network executives confirmed that she won't be getting it back. Her show has been canceled. Hmm. Who she thinks she is, Al Sharpton? So we thought we'd take a look back at some of our favorite moments with Maletha Harris Berry. You know, we call you the duck on the, in Nerdland. The duck? We call you the duck. So in Nerdland, we say you have a very sort of placid and even way of presenting, but you are just working for justice underneath. Would you quack for us? I want us to be super careful when we use the language hard worker because, I mean, I actually keep um, an image of um, folks working in cotton fields on my office wall because it is a reminder about what hard work looks like. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families. And last night I thought, I live in a country that makes me wish my sons away wish that they don't exist because it's not safe. I, at this point, I feel much more terror every time I see blue lights than when I think about Ebola or ISIS. But arson and looting, while illegal and not things that I support, and I, and I think also counterproductive in many ways, are also not necessarily violent in that they are violence against property. And, and that does actually carry a legal difference. Right, so right? let's review the whole story. Wealthy owners check profit made from the sale of black bodies check oh, racial angst mm, check while he was black he was terrible and bad and awful and used to cut off white men's hands and didn't you know actually claim his son but as soon as he claims his son and goes over to the good he takes off his mask and he is white oh, yes, i worry I about american tourists and the ways that we can sometimes be a plague on the rest of the world particularly in these nations that become high tourist economies and i'm wondering if there is a downside to our economic ties opening up with cuba for cuba i would be remiss not to bring up the story out of oklahoma it is a story that i read as a workplace violence story my producer lorena made for me last week some tampon earrings and there you have it. We won't have Maletha Harris Perry to kick around anymore. While we're on the subject, speaking to Al Sharpton on the aforementioned MSNBC, California Democrat Congressman Karen Bass, who, if Barack Obama had a sister, says people wanted to see an African-American voice on the Supreme Court to replace the late Justice Antonin Scalia. That is not there with Clarence Thomas. She said, Clarence Thomas is just not black enough. We want a real black Supreme Court justice. Well, I think many people uh, would like to see an African-American on the Supreme Court. Um, we don't really need to go into Clarence Thomas's background or his behavior uh, on the court. But I think to have an African-American voice that has definitely not been there since Thurgood Marshall would really be an incredible contribution to our country. And, you now, know, I'm sure that the president is going to nominate somebody that it's going to make it very hard for the Republicans to come up with a legitimate justice for why they won't conduct a hearing. But let's see. I'm hoping public pressure will make them do their job. All right, Congresswoman Karen Bass. And I might note, uh, neither you or I are suggesting Clarence Thomas is not African-American. We just may agree with how he has It's an uh, African-American voice. That's right. All right. I just wanted to clarify <laughs> that. Today, a SEAL Team 6 member will receive the Medal of Honor, believed to be the first service member to ever receive the Medal of Honor for actions 
while serving with the Naval Special Warfare Development Group, commonly known as SEAL Team 6. From the Washington Post, quote, In the darkness of a single-room building in Afghanistan, Navy Senior Chief Edward C. Byers, Jr. had little time to react. A fellow Navy SEAL had just been shot in the head during a hostage rescue mission, and it wasn't clear who else in the room wanted to kill the American team. Byers burst in anyway, shooting a Taliban fighter who had an automatic rifle aimed at him. Another man scrambled to the corner of the room where another rifle was stored. So Byers tackled him and then tried to adjust his night vision goggles to see whether he was the American hostage. The hostage, lying five feet away, called out in English, so Byers killed the insurgent he was straddling and then hurled himself on top of the hostage to protect him from gunfire. At the same time, Byers pinned another enemy fighter to the wall with a hand to the throat until another SEAL shot the militant. The Post notes the most difficult thing for Byers receiving the medal today is step out of the shadows and in front of the news cameras. Byers is believed to be the first service member to ever receive the Medal of Honor for actions while serving with the Naval Special Warfare Development Group, commonly known as SEAL Team 6. Defense officials declined to confirm that, but said that Byers is the first living SEAL to receive the Medal of Honor since the Vietnam War. Wow. The Michael Berry Show. Late one morning, I just packed my things. Burned all my bills and I hopped on a plane. I told the cops and the bankers goodbye. They said, don't let us catch you. You owe us your life. Well, the plane was headed east and so I was. Bound for Tennessee to outrun the fuzz. They found me in a day or two Now I'm flat busted in jail Fighting the Nashville blues I like Real Donald Trump was asked, uh, again, why he won't disavow the support of the KKK and David Duke. And he said, now his new answer today is he had a lousy earpiece. Couldn't hear. He, could, he could, couldn't hear. That, that was, uh, he, he just couldn't hear, and um, that was frustrating because um, he could hear everything fine until they asked him about David Duke and the KKK. Three different interviews, three different times, he said um, he wasn't really sure about David Duke, and he'd have to do some research on the KKK, which is interesting because he was asked the same question back in September. So you'd think he's had some time. I don't know where he's been living that he's not exactly sure who and what the KKK are, but that's where we are. One of the scandals to emerge over the last week was the Trump University situation, which I've wondered why it took this long for this story to come out. Trump is currently in litigation from people who were defrauded, who allege they were defrauded by Trump University, which, of course, is not a university. As a matter of fact, when the state of Texas, then Attorney General, now Governor Greg Abbott, when his office found out what was going on in the state of Texas with, with, this, with this scam, they sent a request. They were opening an investigation into Trump University in Texas, and they wanted to know what it was about, what, what they were promising the students and what exactly they were delivering. And Trump decided that they would just withdraw their operations from Texas. 
because they didn't want to be investigated and exposed for what they're doing. Well, Trump has said that he wasn't involved in all this. It's just, this is terrible. He has a big burgeoning empire, and somehow he accidentally lent his name to this group of people who were defrauding people because he's so rich he doesn't need the millions that they made off of these people, except the promo is him talking into the camera. Now, we now know a couple of things that are stipulated as facts. Number one, people paid money for a course that is not university credit, even though it's called university, but that's okay. So they took a little stretch there. Number two, those people claim that when they showed up at the course, they didn't meet Trump, they didn't get what they were promised, and all they did get was a sales pitch for a more expensive course to be held later. Number three, that Donald Trump was involved. And here is the promo. I want you to listen carefully. And I know some of you are sold. Donald Trump's great. He's wonderful. Doesn't matter what he says. He can murder people. He said that. That's fine. But for the rest of you, still trying to figure out who this man is, I want you to listen. This is several years ago. This is, I think it's 2013. This is Donald Trump pitching his course, pitching his weekend university motivational seminar, using the same exact language he uses to pitch himself for president. Everything will be great. Everything will be terrific. Just don't ask for any details. At Trump University, we teach success. That's what it's all about, success. It's going to happen to you. Donald Trump is without question the world's most famous businessman. As a real estate developer, he has reshaped the New York skyline with some of that great city's most prestigious and elegant buildings. Now, Donald Trump brings his years of experience to the world of business education with the launch of Trump University. If you're going to achieve anything, you have to take action. And action is what Trump University is all about. But action is just a small part of Trump University. Trump University is about knowledge, about a lot of different things. Above all, it's about how to become successful. We're going to have professors and adjunct professors that are absolutely terrific, terrific people, terrific brains, successful. We are going to have the best of the best. And honestly, if you don't learn from them, if you don't learn from me, if you don't learn from the people that we're going to be putting forward, and these are all people that are hand-picked by me, then you're just not going to make it in terms of the world of success. I think the biggest step towards success is going to be sign up at Trump University. We're going to teach you about business. We're going to teach you better than the business schools are going to teach you. And I went to the best business school. We're going to teach you better. It's going to be a shorter process. It's not going to involve years and years of your life. It's going to be less expensive. And I think it's going to be a better education. And it's going to be what you need to know. So we're going to teach you business. We're going to teach you life. We're going to teach you salesmanship. We're going to teach you what you need to know. And we're going to also make sure that no matter what you do, as I said before, you're going to love it. Because if you don't love it, it's never, ever going to work. Okay. So you don't really need to know who any of the faculty are that are going to be teaching. You just need to know they're going to be handpicked by Donald Trump. Handpicked. Well, it turns out that they weren't terrific. They weren't impressive. They weren't top of the line. They were people who, in some cases, had no experience in the field. They were nobodies. They were, to use his term, losers. You had paid to be taught by losers. 
The only thing you were being taught is you needed to sign up for a more expensive course. So the hand-picked people that were going to be great, top of the line, were nothing of the sort. Trump later said in his defense to, to the lawsuit, he didn't know who the instructors were. You didn't know who the instructors were. You put a promo out that said you would be hand-picking them. You duped people out of their hard-earned money. There's a video that's come out. They've actually sat down with some of the people who were duped out of this scam. And it's a single mom, for instance. It's, it's people trying to make something out of their lives. And they were promised some of the glitter of the Donald J. Trump brand, which is just greatness, would somehow be sprinkled on them and their lives would be better. And in fact, nothing of the sort happened. It was the same old, same old motivational seminar, just keep paying for more and more of them, that everyone else does. They just put Trump's name on it, and he stood before the camera and told you how great the course was. And then when you showed up, it wasn't. And now people are suing him because they want their money back. Meanwhile, the Donald will not release his tax returns. And I don't think he'll release his tax returns before the Republican primaries are over. Because there's some Mitt Romney was right about one thing. There's a bombshell in those tax returns. There is a bombshell in those tax returns that if people see it with time to cast a vote for someone other than him, they will. Now, the Trumpkin is going to support Trump because at this point they would be embarrassed to admit they were duped. And I see that. I've talked to a lot of people who said, you know, he wore me out. I admit I, I thought he was great. I thought he was clever. I thought he was tough. He was going to tell it like it is. The man is an absolute and utter fraud. He is a Democrat running in our primary, making promises he has no intention to keep, with a pattern in his business, personal, and professional life, or political life, of simply saying that what I do is great, and if I do it, it's great, therefore it's great, so follow me because I'm great, except his actions are not great. He's been audited, he says, for 10 years. The IRS says, even if you're under an audit, you can still release what's in it. After Trump said last week he can't re release his tax returns because he's being audit audited, The Hill reports the IRS says, quote, nothing prevents individuals from sharing their own tax information. Meanwhile, a former IRS agent says Trump's claim that he's been audited for 12 years. Very suspect. The Michael Berry Show. Michael Berry Show. Johnson and she's really looking good. I had to go and see her, so I called her. Some of you will remember the name Angelo Cotovilla. He's the one who coined the term country class in an article a couple of years ago that uh, was read on most every talk radio show across the country. It was Cotovilla who pointed out that it's not Republicans versus Democrats. It's the political class versus us out here, the country class. And he suggested that the political class was the establishment politicians and their donor class, the Donald Trumps, and their lobbyists and the people who live off of the government. And then there is the rest of us. 
out here, the general public paying the bills. It's our money that they're redistributing. Well, Cotavia has written three pieces in three days about the Trump phenomenon. And it's very interesting what he has to say. A couple of excerpts. Excerpts. Like Obama, Trump is not about persuading anybody. Both are about firing up their supporters to impose their will on their opponents while insulting them. Throughout history, this style of politics has been the indispensable ingredient for wrecking republics, the final cause that transforms free citizens into the subjects of emperors. Trying to stop the cycle of political payback with another round of it, while not utterly impossible, is well nigh beyond human capacity. Neither Obama nor Trump seem to know or care that cycles of reciprocal resentment, of insults and injuries paid back with ever more interest and ever less concern for consequences, are the natural fuel of revolutions. Easy to start and soon impossible to stop. America's founders, steeped in history as few of our contemporaries are, were acutely aware of how easily factional enmities deliver free peoples into the hands of emperors. America is already advanced in this vicious cycle. The only possible chance of returning it to republicanism lies in not taking the next turn and in not following one imperial ruler with another. I have witnessed at the Trump rallies that the crowd is increasingly amped They want someone thrown to the lions. There was a protester at an event last week. And two of the Trump supporters were only too happy to jump up and throw them out violently. The language that's used, the references to violence. It's been remarked by several commentators with national followings that the only insults they get on a personal level and threats, personal threats to them, come from the Trump supporters. And you can see it. You can see it all over the Internet. The Trump supporters making physical threats on people who do not support their candidate. We're not talking about people who are angry at a political process. We're talking about people that are vicious We're talking about people who want to hurt their fellow man. We're talking about people who literally physically want to destroy things. We're not talking about a healthy protest against a government that's too large. We're talking about a group of people who are so angry and so willing to to suspend our constitutional restrictions against action against the individual that it, there is blood in the water. It's amazing. It's amazing to see. And that's why nothing that emerges on Trump, his tax returns, his mob ties to Felix Sater, his mob ties to other Russian mob members, why he got up and walked out of an interview last year with the BBC when he was asked about, for the only time, asked about Felix Sater, who's a convicted mob boss, with whom he's done business and has close ties? Why? Why doesn't anyone care? Because it's not about Donald Trump anymore. 
It's about an opportunity to engage in violence on a level in response to the Black Lives Matter, in response to the left. This is an opportunity for some people to get to act as foolish and stupid and violent as the left has for so many years. And I think that's what we'll be left with. I think that's what we'll be left with where you will see a Trump version of Black Lives Matter. You look at how many people just go on the Internet and, and look up Trump threats look, or Trump can threats. You go look at how many of his supporters make threats against national media figures. Anyone who asks him a question, the level of threats, the, the, the racial commentary, oh, it is vicious. And what it is is a bunch of helpless, hopeless people who are frustrated at the direction of this country and frustrated with their own lives, to be clear, frustrated with their own lives, and Trump gives them an opportunity to lash out. It's okay. Trump makes it okay. And that's why he won't disavow the KKK. And that's why he won't disavow the violence. And that's why he makes references to it. And that's why this is a man, if you look at his entire career, who is all about bludgeoning people on the other side. Look at how many lawsuits. And now what's his over the weekend? Donald Trump declares that he wants to change the libel laws so that if magazines or newspapers write things about him that he doesn't like, he can sue them. How tawdry is the next few years going to be if we have a president or a, a nominee? Because I, I are- It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. When you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop the thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The man won't win. There are too many of us out here who say, you know, I can't vote for that man. I cannot vote for that totalitarian dictator because that's exactly what he's going to be. Can you imagine this man with the, the nuclear codes? Can you imagine this man in control of our military? Can you imagine this man in control of the, the Obama brown shirts and the IRS? Can you imagine a man that's already threatening the people he's running against with lawsuits? Can you imagine giving him control, the power of our federal government? He is more power hungry than Barack Obama, and that's a fact. He is more out of control with the use of power already than Barack Obama. It's that bad. You've got the Michael Berry Show. Berry Show. Hey, everybody, this is Hayes Carl. You're listening to the man who has made me a small fortune using my music on his show, The Michael Berry Show. I saw you laying on a memory 
With your back turned to the crowd In that little bar on Murphy Where they play guitar too loud There were people drinking whiskey There were hearts about to leave It was cold as hell for Houston It was almost near sea All the way from Beaumont With a white rose in my hand I could not wait forever, babe I hope you understand Weldon, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead, sir. Weldon? Is he potted up? Is up here? Weldon? All right, let's come back to Weldon. Brandon, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Hey, uh, listen, Michael, I was just listening to you talk about Trump, and, and you've opened my eyes a lot, to a lot of things about that. And I'm for Cruz. I always have been. I was, in the beginning, I was on the fence between Cruz and Trump. But I remember you saying, or at least I think I remember you saying that when Romney ran for president and everybody stayed home and didn't vote for him, that we still still need to vote against the Democrats. My question is, are you if he's the nominee, will you not vote for Trump because of the things you're talking about? He's a Democrat. Okay, so the answer is yes, then. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I will tell you I have a whole lot of trouble voting for a totalitarian dictator, which is what he will be, and he is a Democrat. And people need to understand if they vote for Trump now – they're not going to be able to count on our votes. They're just not. You know, it was over the weekend, again, that he threatened a third-party run. Again, I will not support a man who says, either I'm the nominee or I run third-party and defeat you. I will not put that man in the White House. I will, I, I will not have blood on my hands. I honestly believe that this man is such a dictator, such an authoritarian, with zero moral compass, with zero understanding of our conservative principles, that the worst thing you can do is put him in the White House. He would be worse than the Democrats, and I believe that. He would be worse than the Democrats. I genuinely believe that. Ken, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead. Hey, Michael. Hey, uh, I have a question for you. Um, first of all, Cruz, I'm, I think, is a more qualified, better candidate to be the president. Uh, what I have a hard time seeing is uh, how he's going to be able to convince swing voters or people to get those electoral votes in those states that are always key states. Um, to me— I spent some time up in the Northeast and was glad to get back south. And I found that, uh, you know, they would look at someone like Cruz as powerful as someone like Reagan or somebody. I mean, they, they look at him that that good. And I just don't see how he's going to be able to pull those votes where obviously Trump can probably pull some Hillary people and stuff like that. And I know that Trump has a line of things that aren't necessarily the greatest. But um, when you look at all the many issues that are in with this country right now, I think the one thing that stands out from him is his political correctness and how he fights against that. And I think that's what's made our country so weak as it is right now. Um, okay. How do you think? Well, let's go through that. Let's go through that, Ken, because everybody has become – we don't need Frank Luntz or Karl Rove to, to be the supposed political experts. Everyone is now their own political expert, which, which is an interesting phenomenon. We no longer vote our conscience. We vote how we think everyone else is going to vote. That's why we need a constant, steady diet of, of, of uh, polls because we have to know how people are going to vote before we can go and vote, right? Because if we just voted right. on our own, we might actually vote our conscience. But no, we need to know the polls so that we vote for the winner who was already going to vote based on votes that haven't been cast, and that way we're with the winner, but that means the poll created the winner ahead of time. But that's okay. So here is your answer. Do you think that Ted Cruz is any more conservative than Ronald Reagan? Um, it's hard, hard to say. I think well, you I, say they're about the I same, really right? Admire, I mean, yeah, I admire Ted Cruz completely. Okay. I mean, how, did, how did Ronald Reagan win in 1980? Because um, he didn't win by a little. In 80 no, and 84, like he gave us the most decisive victories yeah. we've seen in my lifetime. Correct. Is Correct. he the most conservative candidate we've put up in my lifetime? 
Probably. By far. Uh, it's I'm not, not even close. Not, 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 not compared to some of the people way back in the past. Who? who? Who is he not more conservative than? Hmm. I don't know. I guess you could probably argue he is probably one of the most conservatives. I, I, definitely the, the popular. Well, let, uh, let's go back. It, it was him in 80. It was Gerald Ford in 76. Gerald Ford was moderate at best. Nixon in 72. Nixon, Nixon skewed left. Nixon in 68. Nixon skewed left. Goldwater in 64. You could argue Goldwater because Johnson made him out to be a nut job who wanted to use the bomb. But on social issues, Goldwater was moderate at most. Then you go back to 60. I mean, you got Nixon again. 56, you got Eisenhower. Eisenhower from 52 to 60 was at most a moderate. And if you look at the people he put on the bench, the Warren court, it's the most liberal appointments by a Republican president in American history. So, yes, Reagan is the most conservative candidate we've had in the last hundred years. There's no question. It's not that's not even open for discussion. I mean, I. Blue is blue and red is red. There are things you can argue over that goofy dress or whatever. This isn't one of those. Reagan was the most conservative candidate we've ever put up. We put him up two races, and we won both of those with overwhelming victories. It's not even close. Like 49 states in one of those. 49 states. And since then, we've been told we cannot have another Reagan because nobody wants him. What do you mean nobody wants him? It's all we want. When you put up a conservative candidate with conservative values, we win. In 2000. Bush comes out. Bush was not nearly as conservative as Reagan, but he wins in 2000 and he wins in 2004. And did you notice those are the only races we've won? This is not difficult. It is not this difficult. The establishment has convinced everyone that if you voted your conscience, you would lose because your conscience is out of touch with everyone else, except it's not. That's why they have to keep giving you the steady diet of polls before you vote, because otherwise you might actually vote the way you want to vote. You tell me why we need to know how everybody in our state is going to vote tomorrow, the day before we vote. I'll tell you why. Because they have to tell you how everyone else is already going to vote. Otherwise, you might vote the way you want to vote. Because if people's candidate is not winning by a huge margin, they're going to go in and vote for the winner. We've seen this happen. The polls become predictive, and that's why they have to keep giving you the polls. They have to keep giving you the polls. But what that doesn't tell you is, what about the voters who hold out till the end? A lot of people hold their vote till the very end. They study every issue up until the last minute. So they don't answer a poll who they're going to vote for. So all we know is that the people who pick their candidate early, we know who they're for. Well, why should we let the people who pick their candidate early before they know everything about the candidates? Why should we let that person have any more influence? Well, that's what we do. We don't worry with what's right anymore. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. You've all been told Donald Trump's the only one that can win. He's the only one that can win, Michael. He's the only one that can win. That should scare you because he might win. Have you ever stopped to think for a moment if he does win, what's going to happen? Have you ever stopped to think for a moment what this man does has done through the course of his life? It's not a pretty picture. It's fraud. It's lawsuits. It's, it's scandalous behavior with women. It's comments about people. It's, it's brutalizing people. It's association with the mob. Is this what you want in your, in your president? Well, Michael, we got to win. You want to win with that? Why don't you win with somebody that should be president? That's something to be proud of. That's something to aspire for. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air.
Ramon, it is about that time, sir. You knew it was coming. And now, the Michael Perry Show presents the Chicago Weekend Crime Report. Rough week for Chicago. Investigation by the Chicago Sun-Times shows that the five major public employee pension funds lost a combined $68 million in an investment led by Obama's ex-boss, Allison Davis, and Mayor Richard Daley's nephew, Robert Vanecco. The trust funds for the teachers, cops, firefighters, city employees, and transit workers did not make a single dime in the DV Urban Fund, which used the money to invest in risky real estate in neglected neighborhoods. So let's review. The pension funds for the public employees invested in questionable projects in funds that invested in the hood run by Obama's ex-boss and the former mayor's nephew. What could possibly go wrong? As of Sunday morning, Chicago has had a shooting or a homicide every day for the last 365 and has recorded 102 homicides for the first two months of the year. The last time, oh, Media Matters, this is the part where you need to roll. The last time the Windy City had more than 100 homicides in the first two months of the year was 1997. 1997 closed with 761 homicides, so there's probably nothing to see here, right? The Weekend Butchers Bill. Last year, zero killed, five wounded. This year, two killed, 26 wounded. Friday, 9.45 p.m., 30-year-old Sherry Graham was sitting as a passenger in a taxi when all of a sudden gunshots rang out. Miss Graham was fatally struck in the back. No one knows where the shots came from. Saturday, 3.45 p.m., Eric D. Henry, 24, and a female companion were sitting in a car when someone walked up and fired shots at the pair. Mr. Henry was shot several times in the head and declared dead at the scene. Probably not ISIS or a white cop that did it, but let's try to stay focused on them as the threats. Friday, 12.30 p.m., a 35-year-old man standing outside when he heard shots and felt pain. He had been shot in the left leg. We'll go with left leg on this one. Friday, 2.55 in the p.m., a 16-year-old male known gang member showed up to the ER with a gunshot wound to the back. He is not cooperating with the evil popo. Friday, 4.25 p.m., a 24-year-old man was standing outside the place where he stays when another man walked up to him and shot him in the leg. He took the leg shot. Friday, 10 p.m., a 19-year-old woman, 21-year-old woman, and a 25-year-old man showed up together at the ER with gunshot wounds. All three had been sitting in a parked car when three men walked up. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do 
and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Up to him and began firing. The 19-year-old woman was shot in the mouth. Oh, not the mouth shot. Oh, come on, guys. 21-year-old woman was shot in the chest, and the man was shot in the head. Just your general head shot. Friday, 10, 10 p.m., a 19-year-old man was taken to the ER with a gunshot wound to the right thigh. He's a thigh man. He shot himself as he was playing with his gun. Friday, 11.55 p.m., a 35-year-old man sitting in a parked car when another man walked up to him and shot him in the left arm. Left arm shot, yep. Saturday, 12.30 a.m., a 27-year-old woman was a passenger in a red sedan when suddenly she heard shots and felt pain. She had been grazed in the left shoulder. She apparently was caught in the crossfire of an argument at a liquor store, probably over vegetables. Saturday, 11.30 p.m., because a lot of times if it's the last... Head of cabbage, people get angry. Saturday, 1.30 p.m., a 41-year-old man and a 48-year-old man were outside having a friendly chat when someone drove by and fired shots at them. The 41-year-old man was wounded in the foot. 48-year-old man was wounded in the leg. Saturday, 2.30 p.m., 17-year-old man was shot, was standing on the sidewalk when a green or a blue car drove by and an occupant fired shots at him. He was wounded in the groin, the old groin shot. Saturday, 3.45 p.m., 24-year-old woman who was sitting in the car with Mr. Eric D. Henry earlier, shot in the jaw ooh, and the leg by his assailant. A jaw shot. At, mm. Saturday, 4 o'clock p.m., a 24-year-old man walking down the street when he heard shots and felt pain. He had been shot in the right wrist, the old flicker. Saturday, 4.45 p.m., a 22-year-old man showed up to the ER with a gunshot wound to the leg. He is not cooperating in the investigation because he hates white police officers. Saturday, 5.30 p.m., a 19-year-old woman standing outside when she heard shots and felt pain. She took herself to the ER with a gunshot wound to the right leg. Saturday, 9 p.m., a 22-year-old man walking along the sidewalk when two other men approached him, shot him in the left leg. Saturday, 9.25 p.m., 17-year-old male sitting in a parked car when another vehicle pulled alongside and someone opened fire. He was shot in the right hand and the left leg. That's He was doing that whip and nay-nay in the bullets. That's how that works. Yeah, that's that's when that happens, that's what they were doing. Saturday, 10.20 p.m., 21-year-old man walking along the street when two suspects walked up to him and shot him in the right arm and the buttocks. Yes. Sunday, 12.55 p.m. a.m. No, I'm sorry, 12.55 a.m. A 21-year-old woman was standing on the sidewalk when she heard shots and felt pain. She had been hit in the foot. Oh, Chicago, y'all are so busy. It's to restart your music. My goodness. Let the music the Michael establish. Perry Show presents the Chicago Weekend Crime Report. Sunday, 1.35 a.m., a 39-year-old man sitting in the front passenger seat of a parked car when another man climbed on the back seat, pulled out a gun, and shot him in the right hip. 
Sunday, 2.20 a.m., a 17-year-old male walking along the sidewalk when another man approached him and shot him in the head and back, the old head and back shot. Sunday, 4 a.m., a 30-year-old man was a passenger in a vehicle when he heard shots and felt pain. He had been shot in the right shoulder. 4 o'clock, he's probably getting up early for the early shift. He's probably going to work early, him. Sunday, 2.50 p.m., a 20-year-old man standing on the front porch of the place where he stays. When someone drove by and opened fire at him, he was shot in the groin. Oh, not the groin shot. Mm. Sunday, 4.50 p.m., a 26-year-old man was walking down the street when someone approached him, pulled out a gun, and shot him in the back. Oh, man. That's low down dirty right there, low down and dirty. Sunday, 7.30 p.m., a 24-year-old woman was sitting in a vehicle when all of a sudden she heard shots and felt pain. She had been shot in the face. Face shot. You folks need to be very focused on ISIS in Syria. We got to go there and fight them. Otherwise, they're going to get you. But you don't need to worry that all of that happened over the weekend in a neighborhood near you. Yeah, you don't have anything to worry about. Nothing. Ramon, did you hear the story about the baby seal walked into a bar? Bartender says, what can I get you? Anything but a Canadian club. The Michael Berry Show continues. I don't give many speeches anymore because the kids are at an age where they have a lot of activities going on. I don't want to have to miss them. But I agreed to do this event a while back and didn't know that it would be a conflict with with a family uh, engagement this weekend. And once you're in, you're in. So, But I'm glad I did because it was a group called uh, Veterans Business Battle. There is a, a national organization called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, and it's been around a long time, and it is uh, populated by folks that are interested in business and support business. And out of the EO chapter 
at Rice University at the, the Jones Graduate School of Business Management, their MBA program. They wanted to start a group to support um, veterans who were going to business school and were entrepreneurs. So the group is called VIBA, V-I-B-A, Veterans in Business. I, I don't know what it actually stands for. But let me see if I have the website here. I had a piece of paper from them that I, I took when I left. Um, yes, it is called Veterans Business Battle is what it's called. And their domain is vet, V-E-T, biz, B-I-Z, battle.com. So what it was is, uh, is this, I think this is the second year they've had it. And they give out about a million dollars, um, just short of a million dollars, but it'll end up being more than a million dollars when it's done. They don't give it out. It's investor capital. Some of it's straight donation, but some of it is investor capital. Some of it's lines of credit from uh, local banks, from uh, business groups, from investor groups. There were 16 finalists. There were 127 companies that or, – or, yeah, companies that submitted 16 finalists. Only one of them was from Houston. It was a real pretty um, black woman whose business name is BAO Skincare, which I think stood for Beautiful Inside and Out. B, I'm sorry, B-I-A-O. B-A-O. I don't know how she pronounces it. Anyway, she was the only local – no, that's not true. There was one other. But th- there were – no, that's not. I just realized there are about three that are local. But anyway, most of them were not from this immediate area, but they're. Um, but they won nonetheless. So she went and served. If you see this woman, it was interesting, Ramon. You, these people come up. They made a one-minute elevator pitch on the stage. They'd already met with the investors before this, but they made their one-minute elevator pitch. And they're all veterans, and yet they don't fit the profile of what you would imagine your veterans look look like. How do you get an elevator on stage? Oh, that's cute, Ramon. That's real cute. So they get up and tell their story. So here is this woman who looks like she could be a movie star, and she served in Afghanistan. And when she got to Afghanistan, she found that her skin went to hell. And so she realized that, there, are, hey, there are people, there are women who are in extreme environs, and their skin goes bad. So she starts experimenting while she's there. And she came up with a concoction to protect her skin while she was serving in the Army in Afghanistan. And now that she's back at, at business school at Rice, she started this business. I think she, I think she got $600,000 before it was all over. She got $130,000 but a $600,000 line of credit, so it ends up being way more than a million. Another guy called into the show before. His company is called Air Armor Tech, and they've got a line of products um, that one of them is a helmet I didn't really understand all the technology, but one of them was a helmet that you could take off and throw. It it can't crack or whatever because it's it's all using air instead of hard material, so it makes it real light. It can be carried in a in a duffel, duffel bag. There was one of them from Cyprus here called Counter Strike Coffee. It's a coffee company that was based on a different sort of coffee culture, more uh, veteran based. There was a company called Femtech from uh, Alabaster, Alabama, that cleaned up, and it's a woman who created uh, body gear that can hold your, your weapons. So, you know, women that want to be able to go out and still be armed, thought that was pretty neat. There was a company called Sinshark, and I wish I could have found the information on that guy because it was quite interesting uh, what they do. There's a company called Weather General out of College Station, 
And it's personalized weather reports up to the minute from these veterans who uh, provided weather in the military using that technology. And they pull all that and give you your personalized weather reports for what you're doing if you're a delivery company or uh, or whatever else. There was a company called Hive Marine, which uh, I didn't really understand what they do. There was one, uh, Mobilization Capital, which is uh, the ability to get quick loans for projects that you're working on wherever you are, and they streamline the process so they become almost an agent of traditional lenders. Then there was one called Fish Views from Wimberley, Texas, and they say that what they're trying to do is take street views to the waterways and help the marine industry so that wherever you are, you can know you can know everything about the waterways that you're you're navigating at the time. There was some pretty high tech stuff, there was pretty low tech stuff, but what was fascinating and exciting was these are guys that had served. One of the guys there Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, Will Lyles uh, had lost his legs above both knees. And just walking up to the stage... It was difficult for this young man. And yet, you know, instead of sitting in a corner and, and balling up and, you know, giving up, busting hump to to make something of himself. And he's at the Rice Business School right now. And that made me realize we need to focus our efforts not on welfare. We need to focus our efforts on supporting entrepreneurism. We need to teach young people and those around us the virtues of taking chances, working hard, building your own, because you want to see a passion, you want to see a zeal, you get somebody that has a business idea that's chasing it. That is an exciting thing to watch. We've got a group at the Redneck Country Club called the Rednet, and it's a small business group. Koi uh, Christoffel runs it, and they meet once a month, and they support each other as, as small business owners. But it just made me realize, you know, there is so much more we can all do to help small business owners in our community because somebody is not realized professionally that has a dream until they go chasing that dream. There's so much more we can do for entrepreneurism in our community. The Michael Berry Show continues. last charges against Rick Perry were thrown out last week, as everyone knew they would be. Those charges were designed to destroy his political ambitions, and they did. But if you have any doubt that the whole Perry indictment was political, follow the behaviors, peculiar as they are, of Special Prosecutor Michael McCrum. He's become a bit unhinged with Perry's charges being thrown out because they don't meet the legal standards. He now says about the case being tossed, quote, The cynics around me tell me, how could I ever possibly expect that Rick Perry would sit in a trial this year and let all of the evidence come out? I was a fool, I was told. 
to think that a Republican court was going to allow that to happen. I was naive enough to believe that our criminal justice system could withstand the power of politics. Tony Busby, Rick Perry's lawyer, fired back saying that he shouldn't be saying anything about anything. A prosecutor, at least those who are actually elected, are supposed to uphold the law. What he did was attempt to pervert it. It's a damn shame this thing was brought up in the first was brought in the first place, and he should be ashamed of himself for bringing it. Amen, and amen. That is exactly right. Dan, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead. Are we still having phone problems? Dan, let's try this. Dan. Well, we'll try another line. Ryan? Hey, Michael. You're up. Go I'm, ahead. I'm a Trump supporter, but uh, I'm going to be voting for Cruz tomorrow. And, and first I want to say why I'm a Trump supporter. Uh, big reason is, is I think Trump shows that he has better leadership than Cruz. And by that I mean if you watch the debate uh, the other day, uh, one of the things Trump said was that Cruz doesn't have any endorsements by any of his fellow senators. And although he is a four-year senator, and I think Cruz has done a great job as a Texas senator, we find him standing up in front of the Senate and filibustering when I would much rather see Cruz leading a group of senators and, and promoting a conservative agenda through leadership. Now, the reason why I'm going to vote for Cruz is I want Cruz to get to that point. He's only a four-year senator, but he's a Texas senator. And I think if Cruz loses Texas, it will harm his standing in the Senate. And so, um, and I've donated over a thousand dollars to Cruz's campaign. I support Cruz. I support what he's doing. I think he has a great platform. And I think in a couple of years, maybe even a decade, I would love to see a President Cruz. But I think he just has a little bit more time to uh, polish and and get some more leadership under his belt. Fair enough, Ryan, and that's your perspective. But let me ask you this. Do you really believe that Lindsey Gramnesty and, and John McCain and John Cornyn are going to do what we want them to do no matter who the senator is? They're not. But what about Senator Rand Paul, who still hasn't endorsed Cruz? I mean, they're, you know, I mean, they're, not, they're not too far apart on, on, uh, on senator issues. And there's plenty of other ones out there who, who share similar values to Cruz. But for whatever reason, he, he's not leading those those senators in conservative in conservative charges, they're they're all kind of disjointed and, and disconnected from each other you when know, they need to be voting as a block, just like the the uh, the Tea Party block in the in the House of Representatives. Let me share a perspective. Um, in two thousand one, I was elected to city council, and I was the youngest city councilman at the time. And before I was even in office. I was calling I was crying foul over a deal the city was doing where preferential treatment was being given to one vendor over another and no one on the city council would do anything about it and and I had found out about it we were going to cast a vote on my very first day as I was sworn in one of the first votes was we were going to cast a vote on this deal and I immediately cried foul and said no I'm going to tag it which meant delay it for a week because it's wrong and that made front page news I was told two weeks in, you don't come in and do that. You come in and you pay your dues. You don't, you're not even technically on city council yet, and you're already obstructing a deal. Yeah, I'm obstructing Lee P. Brown doing a bad deal. 
The second week I was on council, there was a pastor in the fifth ward who was about to get a huge subsidy of uh, city-backed bond money for a, a housing project that he was doing, even though he had a terrible record of non-payment of other loans he had received from the city to, to do these sorts of projects. And in fact, that pastor had supported me for in, in my council bid, but this was a bad deal. It was a terrible deal for the taxpayers, and if you loaned those municipal bond dollars and they didn't get paid back, it hurt the city's bond rating. And I said, I can't be for that. Lee P. Brown called me in the back and said, you are making a fool of yourself. You're not going to have one friend on city council. If you don't understand that sometimes there are things that you don't like that you're going to go along with if you're ever going to have any influence in this chamber. And I said, I'm not, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to do the right thing. And he called me out on it, and we ended up, I ended up getting six of 15 to vote against it. We lost nine to six. But there were many times, Ryan, that it was 14 to one, 13 to two, 12 to three. I couldn't make my colleagues do that which I wanted them to do. I couldn't. But what I could do by fighting it, in the very limited legislator role, and that's what a senator is, in a very limited legislator role, you have no institutional authority. You have no institutional power. You have no ability to take away projects the way a mayor or a president can. You have no ability to punish. All you have is your one vote and the influence you have with that vote by being able to go out and shop it in the media. All one senator can do is filibuster. All one senator can do is bust open this is what's happening and let the public know. A senator has no power. And I don't care if that was Donald Trump, the great Donald Trump, or anyone else. Cruz showed more power for a first-term senator than we have ever seen in the last 60 years. Nobody has certainly not Barack Obama. And look at the power Obama has wielded as president when he had none as a senator. He did exactly what was expected. But I'll tell you this. I was told when I ran for mayor, they did a story and they interviewed some of my colleagues. And, and the reporter who wrote it told me, you pissed those guys off because you didn't come in and pay your dues. And that's how it works. Ramon, did you hear about the man that fell in love with the woman from Tennessee? She was only a whiskey maker, but he loved her still. The Michael Berry Show. The Michael Berry Show. Michael Berry Show. It's hilarious. Escape from Freedom wrote, The first mechanism of escape from freedom is the tendency to give up the independence of one's own individual self and to fuse one's self with somebody 
or something outside of oneself in order to acquire the strength which the individual self is lacking. The first mechanism of escape from freedom is the tendency to give up the independence of one's own individual self and to fuse oneself with somebody or something outside of oneself in order to acquire the strength which the individual self is lacking. Eric Fromm, Escape from Freedom. Donald Trump, 1987, The Art of the Deal. People may not always think big themselves, but they can still get very excited by those who do. That's why a little hyperbole never hurts. People want to believe that something is the biggest and the greatest and the most spectacular. I call it truthful hyperbole. It's an innocent form of exaggeration and a very effective form of promotion. People may not always think big themselves, but they can still get very excited by those who do. That's why a little hyperbole never hurts. People want to believe that something is the biggest and the greatest and the most spectacular. I call it truthful hyperbole. It's an innocent form of exaggeration and a very effective form of promotion. Ramon, can you turn? Success. That's what it's all about. Success. It's going to happen to you. Donald Trump is without question the world's most famous businessman. As a real estate developer, he has reshaped the New York skyline with some of that great city's most prestigious and elegant buildings. Now, Donald Trump brings his years of experience to the world of business education with the launch of Trump University. If you're going to achieve anything, you have to take action. And action is what Trump University is all about. But action is just a small part of Trump University. Trump University is about knowledge, about a lot of different things. Above all, it's about how to become successful. We're going to have professors and adjunct professors that are absolutely terrific, terrific people, terrific brains, successful. We are going to have the best of the best. And honestly, if you don't learn from them, if you don't learn from me, if you don't learn from the people that we're going to be putting forward, and these are all people that are hand-picked by me, then you're just not going to make it in terms of the world of success. I think the biggest step towards success is going to be sign up at Trump University. We're going to teach you about business. We're going to teach you better than the business schools are going to teach you. And I went to the best business school. We're going to teach you better. It's going to be a shorter process. It's not going to involve years and years of your life. It's going to be less expensive. And I think it's going to be a better education. And it's going to be what you need to know. So we're going to teach you business. We're going to teach you life. We're going to teach you salesmanship. We're going to teach you what you need to know. And we're going to also make sure that no matter what you do, as I said before, you're going to love it. Because if you don't love it, it's never, ever going to work. People may not always think big themselves, but they can still get very excited by those who do. That's why a little hyperbole never hurts. People want to believe that something is the biggest and the greatest and the most spectacular. I call it truthful hyperbole. It's an innocent form of exaggeration and a very effective form of promotion. Donald Trump, 1987.
The first mechanism of escape from freedom is the tendency to give up the independence of one's own individual self and to fuse oneself with somebody or something outside of oneself in order to acquire the strength which the individual self is lacking. We had a sweet lady call last week. She was 70. Her husband was 80. She said she couldn't believe it, but she was going to vote for Trump. And the reason was she didn't want Muslims coming here from the Middle East and raping her grandbabies. She didn't feel she could keep the Muslims from coming here and raping her grandbabies. But somehow Donald Trump would. If she could fuse her own self with the greatness of this incredibly strong man, then all would be well. Benito Mussolini, who after seizing power in 1922 became the first European leader to dispense with multi-party democracy, proclaimed, The century of democracy is over. Mussolini vowed to close the gap between the rich and the poor, to restore Italian greatness, and to replace democratic weakness with totalitarian strength. He wrote, The fascist state has limited useless or harmful liberties and preserved those that are essential. It cannot be the individual who decides in this matter, but only the state. Some people were surprised, but most of us weren't, over the weekend, at the disclosure that Donald Trump sided with the Chinese government over the protesters at Tiananmen Square, saying we needed a, or they needed a crackdown on dissent. Over the weekend, he declared that we needed to open up our libel laws. And he needed to be able to sue newspapers who dare say something bad, who dare question the great Donald Trump. The same man who threatened a lawsuit against Ted Cruz two weeks ago, but never brought it. Because if he brought the lawsuit, he'd have to be deposed. And the lawsuit was over the playing of an interview of him talking about how pro-abortion he was. And it's not illegal to play an interview that appeared on national TV of a man saying something. He can say he changed his opinion, but that's not libel. More lawsuits, 169 of them involving this man. Just make sure that before you cast a vote thinking you're going to win in November that you recognize you're going to have to live with your decision for the rest of your life. Is that a man you really want in the White House? Hey. It's that time. Lock and load. The Michael Berry Show is on the air. Big rodeo cook-off this weekend. Barbecue cook-off. Bulldog Mountain Cooking Crew won the uh, overall, apparently. They were named overall grand champion on Saturday night. The highest smoked meat honor in Houston and one of the barbecue world's biggest prizes. Bulldog Mountain Cooking Crew 2 also took home the champion award for best ribs at the cook-off. Those pork ribs seasoned with a dry rub and coddled in hickory smoke pushed the team to grand champion status. 
Mike Wells, the team's chief cook, said there was nothing terribly complicated about their preparation. He said, you just got to love them and cook them slow. Love them and cook them slow. The stage at the rodeo cook-off was crowded with pit masters who excelled in smoking brisket, ribs, and chicken. Extreme, Extreme Texas Cookers 4. Extreme Texas Cookers 4 took champion brisket. While the Washington County Go Texan team was named champion chicken, <laughs> the Jasper County Go Texan team found its sweet spot. It was named champion in the Dutch oven dessert category. Come on, Greg. What was a dessert? Damn it. Now, why would you announce that they won the Dutch oven dessert category but not tell what the dessert was? Morago's better than that. The odds were stacked against teams that were named finalists. There were 424 overall smoked meat submissions. 424, 144 brisket, 86 chicken, and 194 rib entries judged Saturday. Jessica Timmons was a judge. Have you ever judged a barbecue competition? It sounds like a lot of fun. It's not. Because the problem is, if you're actually eating what you're tasting... Then you fill up too fast, and then you get to the point where you're not enjoying it anymore. So you just have to taste, which takes the fun out of it. Stephen Davis, one of the cooks on the Extreme Texas Cookers 4 team, said their champion brisket went in the smoker at 3.30. Write this down, Ramon, in your book. 3.30 a.m. Saturday and was pulled off at 1 p.m. for judging. So what is that, about 10 hours later? Is that, how's that sound to you? Is that about right? You okay with well, I don't know how big the brisket was. I'm just telling you, that's what they submitted. His team used five different rubs and cooked the brisket over hickory and oak. All right. It was layers of flavor, he said, of the winning brisket. As you're eating it, you get different flavor profiles as you go along. Okay. The Bulldog Mountain team enjoyed the congratulations backstage after the top prize was announced. But Wells said they were itching to get back to their cooking station because, quote, we've got a tent full of guests who are waiting to be fed. So there you have it. That's the Bulldog Mountain cooking crew. There you have it. Lou in Mobile, Alabama. Go ahead, sir. Michael, I'm just disgusted with Jeff Sessions' endorsement of Donald Trump, president. Um, he summed up his career in a 30-second soundbite. Uh, don't know what his angle is, if he's angling for second chair, uh, cabinet position, uh, Supreme Court seat, what it is. But um, I just think uh, I'm thankful for the for the good people of Texas that had the courage and the conviction to send Ted Cruz to the Senate, a man of morals, a man of principles, who would stand up on the Senate floor and call the majority leader a liar. Yep. Uh, if people who are angry would exert half as much energy in vetting their candidates as they do in being angry, the snake oil salesman would be a non-factor in this election. Well, you're absolutely right, and uh, everybody thought it would be. But listen, we are a nation that's made Kanye West fabulously rich. We've made Kim Kardashian fabulously rich. 
and American Idol gets higher viewings than anything else. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised that we can be uh, duped by Carnival Barkers. There are a lot of people out there that like the show. It's just going to be interesting, the disorder and chaos that is the Donald Trump world. He's not happy unless everything is thrown into disorder and chaos. There's no class involved. And it's going to be interesting to watch when people grow tired of his show, and they will. Once they grow tired of his show, if they have that on a daily basis, a daily barrage of him and his and his sideshow is going to cause such fatigue for people to have to continue to watch it. The good news is if Trump does end up winning, we'll have Ted Cruz in the Senate to be able to call him on it on a daily basis, and that's what he'll do. There are going to be a lot of people, just like in 1976, the people that went for Gerald Ford wished they'd gone for Ronald Reagan. There are going to be a lot of people that are going to watch when Trump goes wrong and Cruz calls him on it. There are going to be a lot of people who wished they'd been more mature with their vote. Chris in Columbus, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Hey, uh, Michael, I, I I can't believe how seemingly out of touch you are with a lot of American voters, guys who work for a living and who are fed up with, you know, Tea Party people. And I mean, are are you jealous of him? I'm not jealous at all. But get to your point. Well, you know, you held up the other day. You said something was kind of insulting. You held up a a typical Trump voter as being a a fat white guy that hadn't worked in five years or looked for a job on and on unemployment. Yes. And by the way, you can't do that. You can't be out of work for five years and collect unemployment if you're not looking. But anyway, your straw man kind of falls right there. But the thing is, <clears throat> Trump is is tapping what people like me understand about career politicians, lawyers, no offense to you, um, who will say one thing and get up there and do another. And fortunately, Trump doesn't have that, that track record in politics for people to point at. But the thing is that he's he's reached down and he's tapped what people and he's just going to be the president. He's not going to be king. So he's going to get up there and he's going to try to run an agenda like he does with his corporations and the Senate and the, the Congress may go along with him. They may not. But the, but what we're not going to have is more of the Bush family, Obama sending our hopefully sending our kids to war in some backwater place to get killed while they're being police in Bosnia or Iraq or somewhere else. I hope, because the Congress has not taken this role up and limited the president from doing that. And so, you know, he may be a president for four, for one term, and it may not work out for him. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, you know, I was reading John Malden's blog this morning about the state of our economy and the pensions in places like Houston and other places. And in the U.S. federal government and our Congress and our local legislators have not done their job keeping our economy on track. Uh, we're spending all this money overseas for various things and, and allowing our borders to be overrun, to be our country to be invaded. And the politicians just give us lip service that we've had. So I, I, 
I think, you know, I get it. You don't like Trump. You trash him every day now on your show. But I think um, maybe after a year or two of his presidency, you might have to eat a little crow. At least I'm hoping so. You know, I, I wish that were true. I, I, I wish I felt certain that Trump would do a great job because I'm big enough to do it, but I, it won't happen. Hold right there. Let's talk about that. It's interesting. Extremely entertaining. The Michael Berry Show. The Michael Berry Show. So I love him. Crazy little thing called love. Will this line called love? It cries, it cries, it So, Chris. Yeah. I'm curious. So, so you're supporting Donald Trump. One of the reasons yeah. you're supporting him is he's not a lawyer. Well, <laughs> well that's, you a said di- that. that's a disqual. That's, no, I'm just tired of lawyers being in politics. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Donald Trump has been named in 169 lawsuits. He says he's going to sue the media, and two weeks ago he was going to sue Ted Cruz, but of course he can't. So you don't mind him using lawyers as long as he's not personally one. Oh, now, I said don't take it personal. Don't, don't no, I don't take it personally. I haven't a, practiced law in 20 years. I don't take it personally at all. Well, you, you turn this into a lawyer versus non-lawyer discussion. That's not what I mean. No, sir. I, I, just, I just heard your words. Here's what I don't understand. Um, if we're talking about writing laws, I don't understand why an education in our laws and our Constitution is somehow a bad thing, particularly for a guy who last week at the debate referred twice to judges signing laws, which they don't. I'm pretty certain the man's never read the Constitution, and that might not trouble you, but it does bother me. Well, yeah, we could go a long we could go a long way down that rabbit trail about what I think about lawyers and, and politics. And you know, yeah, lawyers write laws, and but actually, when you think about it, legislate legislators most of those laws are written by somebody in their staff or some special interest. Sure. Look at Obamacare. Sure. Obamacare is a perfect example of that. No, I, I, I 100% agree. I just I don't understand. One of the things I keep hearing is he's not a lawyer. It's a bad thing if you're a lawyer, and Donald Trump is not a lawyer, and that's a good thing. Okay. What do you think, Sam Clemens? What do you think Samuel Clemens' uh, little remark was so popular? You know, 150 years later, oh, people don't uh, like lawyers. Um, sh- they don't like lawyers unless they need a lawyer uh, in a particular case. I, I think people like Antonin Scalia, don't they? Well, I don't, I don't know him, but uh, I did like some of his opinions. Well, you know, he's one of those damn lawyers. <laughs> I don't, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't like this the sewer guy tra- traipsing through my living room, but when it backs up, I'm glad that he's available. But I, I probably won't have him cooking my barbecue. And that pretty much tells me what I need to know. Okay. All right. There you go. Lawyers are awful because Donald Trump said so. You know, um, no, I'll leave that alone. I, 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 I'll, uh, I'll leave that alone. Don, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead. Hey, uh, well, my first statement was about I don't think Cruz is taking uh, Texas seriously enough. But with the, the last well, caller, why is he not taking Texas seriously? I don't, I don't, I don't hear, I don't hear ads for him on the FM stations, stuff like that. But uh, well, wait, 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 wait a minute. No, no. Let, let, let me, let me explain that. Um, when you say you don't hear ads for them on the FM stations, you have all these states that are voting at one time, right? Right. If you're spending your dollars, you've got to hope that your home state is already going to turn out for you and go in and compete where you have okay. your toughest battles in okay. Alabama, for instance, in Oklahoma. You don't have an unlimited budget. Mm, I understand that. I, I, get, I can see your point there. Uh, there's another thing I want to say. I think a lot of the Trump supporters – have fallen into what I can call the 
Ross Perot syndrome, mm. where he, you know, he, he's a businessman. He can do this. He can do that. But I mean, dude, he hasn't done anything, you know. And if if uh, Republicans will remember Ross Perot, a lot of people voted for Perot because they wanted to stick it to the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that got Clinton in office twice, I guess. Yeah, for sure, the first time. No, you're absolutely right. It's it's fascinating to me. When you actually pin down Trumpkins, they'll tell you they're just mad and, and they're in a spasm over their anger and and they're they're in a spasm over their anger. And the only one they can see as being reflective of their anger is um, Donald Trump, because Don, Donald Trump is obviously angry, too. And if he's angry and they're angry, then everybody can be angry and that's going to fix all the problems. What no one seems to understand is that this man, they, they are giving him the power to be the president of America. They are giving him the power to be the head of our government, the most powerful branch of our government. And they recognize, they don't deny the fact that this is a man who has supported Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, Harry Reid, but somehow, if he gets in the White House, he shares all their values. Now, he doesn't share their values because he said on Obamacare that Obamacare bad, because that's what they tell him, Obamacare bad. So he says, Obamacare bad. And the Trumpkin says, yay, Obamacare bad. Replace it with something where the government provides for people that can't. Wait a minute, who pays for that? We're not going to let them die in the streets. And he says that the people are cheering. The people won't be cheering when they realize they have to pay for this. But that's okay because his entire life he's been for universal health care. And all these people who claim that they were opposed to Obamacare are opposed to universal health care. But somehow they cannot imagine that Donald Trump would possibly have an opinion different than theirs. And yet, while they were fighting to win elections year after year, he was overfunding the Democrats. He was on the other side. And yet now somehow he's on our side. We got us a good one. Daddy is strong. There's a guy named Milo Yiannopoulos who is a commentator. And he's very witty. And, you know, he... he um, he, he likes to do things like Perez Hilton. He likes, to, he likes to shock people. And he's a big Trump supporter. And all he talks about is how Trump's going to save the world and, and Trump is great and Trump is – he worships Trump. And he refers to Trump not as Trump but as daddy. And the idea is that Trump is all-powerful, all-knowing. Trump is going to solve all our problems. And he'll say, daddy's going to do it. I'm for daddy. Y'all got to vote for daddy. And that mentality by a lot of grown men – is frankly unsettling. It is unsettling because I think when the smoke clears and people realize that they put this man in office because they were so mad at the establishment, they're going to realize what a setback this is, not just for our party, for our country. What a setback this is for our country that this man is in office. This is a guy who was given three separate opportunities to disavow David Duke and his reason that he didn't do it was his earpiece was bad. Okay. Well, that's odd because three days before that, he was tweeting things that when they exposed it, his glasses, he needs to get glasses. He couldn't see very well. So his hearing is bad. His eyesight is bad. This poor fellow's falling apart before our very eyes. But he's never responsible for anything he does. He is never responsible for any of his decisions. He is never accountable for that which he has done in his past. I'd like to know how many of you out there who would vote for Trump if I walked somebody into your office who was a three-time felon 
And I said, hey, would you mind hiring this guy? Here's his record. And there it was laid out. There was his criminal record, three-time felon. And you would say, Michael, I don't want to let that guy in my office. He's a three-time felon. Why? He's a really good guy today. He stopped being a felon three years ago. But but his entire – over 25 years, look what he's done in 25 years. Well, yeah, but he's changed now. He's Now that he wants a job with you, he's a really good guy. Well, but no, there's a pattern over 25 years. There's a pattern over 25 years with, with Donald Trump. Just wait until they get us in November. Just wait until they get us in November. It came out over the weekend that at Trump's real estate company, they would when blacks would apply for, for housing, when they would apply for an apartment that he owned, he would have his people put a C and circle it for colored so they wouldn't have to rent to people that were black. That's going to be real exciting to fire up black voters come November, isn't it? Just wait until he's your nominee and the media unloads what they have on him. You are going to be so embarrassed. Well, of course, it's Michael Berry. It's the Mike Berry Show. It's Michael Berry Show. I was online looking at these naked pictures of melanoma Trump, you know, and she supposedly could be our next first lady. Oh, my Lord, what a difference that would be. <laughs> She really is a beautiful white lady. I don't know where she's from, Romania or Hungarian or something, but uh, she got lovely skin and lovely breakfasts, and she have the round, plump buttocks, and that's most of what you need to be a first lady. Can you just imagine her and Donald Trump going over Buckingham Palace and meeting Prince Phillips and uh, Queen Elizabeth III? One of them got a crown on and the other one got a military uniform and this couple from the United States, this lady is butt neck and the other one got a damn wig on that looked like a gold shampooed carpet. I don't care about all that, but then I got to doing my research on the internet and I look at his sons, Donald and Rick and uh, I've seen pictures of them killing the damn pretty animals of Africa. Like some entitled little white boys. They cut an elephant tail off and they're sitting there hugging a damn uh, dead, beautiful, some kind of giant-ass cat. And then uh, what else they had? Oh, an alligator hanging bottom side of us. Now that's just ignorant. There is no need for that these days. I love me some I got five of them up in here. Uh, Rebel, Bullet, Butterbutt, uh, what the other one name is, Roger. She actually is transsexual. And uh, what that other one name is that come up? Gerald. I named a cat after Gerard Ford. He ain't got no teeth, so he very angry all the time. Yeah. Girl, what's your parent? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I was wondering who I'm supposed to vote for for president. I'm not legally entitled to vote, you know, because of the felonious thing that had happened, which is still under litigation. But uh, if I could vote, I'm sorry, I've always had a weakness for Cuban men. <laughs> Ever since Ricky Ricardo with those cigar-stained teeth and that beautiful haircut come out there and sang Babalu, I could go for either Cruz or Rubico. I don't care which one it is. I like both of them men's, but um, I'm going to have to do their family research, make sure their wife ain't naked and their sons and daughters and things that never kill no kitties. I'm going to have to check that out first. Now I'm going to let y'all know. I had a cat in prison one time. I know, baby. Ramon, you remember the manager, Apollo Creed's manager? I always liked him. Remember, he was the one in Rocky One when Apollo Creed was going to fight. He, uh, 
the guy he was going to fight fell out, and then they had to recruit somebody, and it was it was uh, January first, seventeen seventy six. It was going to be in Philadelphia, so they decided. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Decided that they were going to find somebody. Remember Apollo Creed looks through the book and he comes across the Italian stallion. I'm going to fight him. And this guy actually saw a video. The local news was showing Rocky training, and Apollo Creed wasn't training. And remember, he was the one that wanted him to be serious. Here's a scene of him talking, trying to talk Apollo Creed out of fighting Rocky Balboa again. You want to hear the truth? Yeah, I want to hear the truth. The truth is that last time he was damn lucky. Now he's all finished. I mean, he's been hanging around doing nothing for six months. And any trainer worth anything wouldn't have nothing to do with him. Now, I say, let's go after some new meat. Forget this bum. You think I beat him the last time, do you? Hmm? You got the decision. Man, I won, but I didn't beat him. What are you afraid of, Tony? Honest? Yeah, honest. He's all wrong for us, baby. I saw you beat that man. I never saw no man get beat before, and the man kept coming after you. We don't need that kind of man in our life. Tony Burton, that was his name. His role, the character he played in the in the movie. Do you remember the name of it, Ramon? Tony Evers, Duke. Tony Duke Evers. Born in Flint, Michigan, was Tony Burton. Had a younger sister named Loretta. He was a Michigan Golden Gloves heavyweight boxing champion and two-time All-State football player. How about that? Apparently quite the athlete. He was also uh, the star baseball pitcher on his team. Won the State Golden Gloves light heavyweight championship in 57 and lost in the Chicago Tournament of Champions semifinals. Fought as a professional boxer in 58 and 59. He knocked out knock, He was knocked out by knockout artist Lamar Clark, who holds the record for most consecutive knockouts at 44. He went to uh, prison after that, got his GED, and then got into uh, acting and, of course, that great role. There you go. How about that? Steve, you're on the Michael Berry Show. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Michael. How are you doing today? Great. Wonderful. Well, I wanted to, first off, praise you so much for taking the stance you are on Donald Trump and finally saying what needs to be said about him, telling about his record and all these different things. Now, here's the rub. Here's my question. Why now? Why didn't you have this passion, this zeal, to show what Donald Trump was way before now, his record was open. We knew he had ties with the mob. We knew that he had ties with all these different, uh, uh, well, Clintons and all these different things. But now you say anything. Okay, I, I've, I've listened to your show on multiple occasions, and you said, oh, it's good to go through the process. I agree with that to an extent. 
But just like Secretariat, we said, okay, you know what? I, we knew Secretariat was going to be a winner well before the, the Triple Crown. And we said, okay, that's what I'm going to go with. And that's what I've been about Ted Cruz way before he ever set foot in the presidential ring. We knew how he handled situations. We knew how he was under pressure and how he handled those things. I picked that winner, and I feel like, man, I feel like that should have been done on your show. You are in a unique position, a platform, a talking head, as it were. And you have a unique position to be able to show these things way before now. I'm just curious why this passion, this deal, was not put forth about Donald Trump. I think maybe that could have made a difference. Maybe not. I don't know. But that's basically my question. A very fair question. Uh, and as I said at the time, there's a time and a place for everything. Um, first of all, two names, Scott Walker, but particularly Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush was sitting on over $100 million, the entire establishment locked behind him, every asset imaginable to a Republican frontrunner, and was sitting at 20% in the polls. If we hit anybody other than Jeb Bush, he would have ended up being our nominee. Look, this race is not over yet, and we have managed to narrow this race to three candidates, one of whom is a constitutional conservative on the Reagan standard, first-term senator. I actually like where we are right now. This is the Michael Berry Show. This is actually the video that played at the display in Sharper Image for Trump stakes. And I want you to realize this. Donald Trump said last week he reads the Bible more than anyone. He declared on stage with his sons, because they, they hunt, that they are bigger supporters of the NRA than anyone. He has declared repeatedly that he is a bigger supporter of the veterans than anyone. Everything he does is bigger, better, greater, more superlative, more awesomest. From the 1987 bestseller, The Art of the Deal, people may not always think big themselves, but they can still get very excited by those who do. That's why a little hyperbole never hurts. People want to believe that something is the biggest and the greatest and the most spectacular. I call it truthful hyperbole. It's an innocent form of exaggeration, and it's a very effective form of promotion. When it comes to great stakes... I've just raised the stakes. The Sharper Image is one of my favorite stores with fantastic products of all kinds. That's why I'm thrilled they agree with me. Trump stakes are the world's greatest stakes, and I mean that in every sense of the word. And the Sharper Image is the only store where you can buy them. Trump stakes are by far the best tasting, most flavorful beef you've ever had, truly in a league of their own. Trump steaks are five-star gourmet, quality that belong in a very, very select category of restaurant, and are certified Angus Beef Prime. There's nothing better than that. Of all of the beef produced in America, less than 1% qualifies for that category. It's the best of the best. Until now, you could only enjoy steaks of this quality in one of my resort restaurants or America's finest steakhouses, but now that's changed. Today, through the Sharper Image, you can enjoy the world's greatest steaks in your own home, with family, friends, anytime. Trump steaks are aged to perfection to provide the ultimate in tenderness and flavor. If you like your steak, you'll absolutely love Trump steaks. Treat yourself to the very, very best life has to offer. And as a gift, Trump steaks are the best you can give. One bite and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And believe me, I understand steaks. It's my favorite food, and these are the best. 
I call it truthful hyperbole. It's an innocent form of exaggeration and a very effective form of promotion. At Trump University, we teach success. That's what it's all about, success. It's going to happen to you. Donald Trump is without question the world's most famous businessman. As a real estate developer, he has reshaped the New York skyline with some of that great city's most prestigious and elegant buildings. Now, Donald Trump brings his years of experience to the world of business education with the launch of Trump University. If you're going to achieve anything, you have to take action. And action is what Trump University is all about. But action is just a small part of Trump University. Trump University is about knowledge, about a lot of different things. Above all, it's about how to become successful. We're going to have professors and adjunct professors that are absolutely terrific. Terrific. Terrific people, terrific brains. Terrific. Successful. Successful. We are going to have the best of the, the best. best. And of the honestly, best. if you don't learn from them, if you don't learn from me, loser. If you don't learn from the people that we're going You're to You're a loser. Forward, and these are all people that are handpicked by me. Handpicked. You're just not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You'll be a loser. Success. I think the biggest step towards biggest success, success is going to be sign up at Trump sign University. Sign up. We're going to teach you about business. Yep. We're going to teach you better than the business better. schools. Are going to teach better you than the business schools. The best business school. We're going to teach you better. Better. It's going to be a shorter process. Bigger. It's not going to involve years and years of your life. Greater. It's going to be less expensive. Less expensive. And I think it's going to be a better education. Better. And it's going to be what you need to know. What you so need. So we're to going to teach you business. It's we're going to teach you life. It's we're going to teach you salesmanship. Yep. We're going to teach you what you need to know. Yep. We're better. Also make sure that no matter what you do. As I said before, you're going to love it. Because love it. if you don't love it, it's never, ever going to work. Yep. This weekend motivational seminar where you were pushed the entire time to just buy more weekend motivational seminars, that was taught by hand-picked people from Donald Trump, or so he said. And the education was better than the business schools. Wow. Our business schools are so bad that a weekend motivational seminar. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter that he said it was better and it wasn't. In answer to Steve's question, let me answer that quickly. When we started a year ago, you'll remember we had 15 candidates. 15 candidates. We had governors of states. There was a lot of money out there. There was a lot of hype. There was a lot of hope. There were some strong organizations. And you had a crowded media field. Nobody but nobody believed that Republican voters would support a Democrat named Donald Trump. Nobody believed that. Nobody calculated it. And they have. Now, we have to deal with the fact that about 35% of people voting in Republican primaries are voting for a guy that is a career Democrat, voting for a guy that is saying things that are the exact opposite. We have to deal with that. What we have left is two-thirds of our voters, the vast majority of our voters, in how we get to a candidate who can win, who can defeat him. So a couple of things to calculate. We took out Jeb Bush. We took out the establishment candidate who had all the money in the world. Don't underestimate you couldn't hit Jeb Bush and Donald Trump at the same time. Allowing the anti-establishment fervor to reach a fever pitch allowed us to knock out the Chris Christie's. It allowed us to move beyond the establishment candidates and narrow the field. We can't control the fact that Ben Carson stays in the race and continues to siphon votes off from Ted Cruz. We can't, we can't control the fact that Marco Rubio stays in the race. And that he is what's left of the establishment wing of the party. We just can't control that. What we can control is the votes that are cast between now and the end of the process. And we can't control the media coverage. That's just a fact. 
We can't control the fact that some people are now looking at, well, Trump's leading in some of the states. I better pitch in with him because I'll pitch in early. There's Christie. There's Huckabee. There's Jeff Sessions. There's Paul LePage. We can't control that. These are people who cut deals on a daily basis because they live in the political realm. And there's so many of them that are establishment candidates. They have nothing to gain from the establishment at this point. And so what we're left with at this point in the process is a narrowing of the field and the Trump record, his life, his words, his deeds, the people he surrounds himself with, uh, his hidden income taxes. We're left with the voter having to decide. Did you need to know three months ago that Donald Trump was a really, really bad guy in order to cast the right vote tomorrow? Because if you did, that I've lost hope. But I haven't lost hope. I still believe that enough voters are going to recognize who he is and what he is, even if they supported him earlier, as his record continues to become clear, as his behaviors continue to become clear. And I think enough voters will say, not on the Republican side. We're not going to have it. I still believe that there is plenty of time for that to happen. Remember, polls don't vote. Voters vote. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.